You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 194, Tim, David, and Owen. Tons of topic, extra long show. Enjoy. And it is tech fan number 195. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen, Owen Rubin, and we all promise not to step on each other's toes as much this week, guys. Right, Owen? Please, because <laughs> I broke mine yesterday. Oh, you broke your toe? I think so. Uh-oh. I was running up the steps back to the house, and I missed one. Uh, my wife did that a couple years ago, and it took like six months for her to heal. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> Breaking your... There's nothing you can do. You can't get like a little miniature cast for it. There's nope. literally nothing you can do. Except hobble. <laughs> yeah. She she had to wear... Um, the, what are those plastic shoes? Those... Uh, oh. Um, I cannot think of the name of it. It'll come. Crocs. Crocs, yeah. That's the only I, shoe she could really wear without, you know, it being too tight and hurting like hell. <clears throat> So she had to, she had to go to work with Crocs on. She hated that. I may wear sandals. <laughs> sandals would work too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want everyone to see your ugly, disgusting, broken toe. Oh, I'll just wrap that. <laughs> just wrap that. Yeah. So how are you, David? Oh. Did we lose him? Yeah, we lost David again. Uh, David he says, "Yeah." Well, he says machine locked up again. Going to find another one. Don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it still says he's on Skype too, so we're just gonna remove him from the group and wait for him to come back. But in the meantime, we're gonna continue on with the show. So how are you, other than a broken toe? I'm doing well. Yeah, I, uh, starting a new job pretty soon, which I'll tell you about maybe next time. Awesome! That's always a fun, exciting time. It is. It's for a new startup, which is which I love, uh, and it's with people I've worked with before and. Part of the hackers, you know, I know a lot of them from the hackers conference, which is really cool too. So I've been with two companies basically for the last, you know, over the last four and a half years, and uh, you know, for our parents, that would be a lot of rapid change. But nowadays, it's really not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not anymore. It's, yeah, yeah. It, things change. It's just a different working environment than it was ever before, uh, especially I- in the tech field. In tech field, I know, and people jump all over the place. It's a, as a someone who's been a hiring manager for a long time, I can tell you that's all always a worry too, because you get someone in, and they you get them trained up, and they get really good, and they go, oh look, a squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it's it is a problem, but anyways, uh, I, have to give I, a I hope shout it out. works out really well there. I have to give a shout out to OWC today because uh, a friend of mine who's the very company uh, I work for. I know and they're very not very computer literate. She said uh, she's got a uh, 2010 or 2011 iMac, and it only had two gigabytes of memory in it. And she said it was running slow. So I just pointed her at the at the uh, link. I just sent it to her. I said, "Here's what you need to buy," and it came in the mail. And she was like all nervous. And I said, "Just watch the little video, and then call me if you if you have any trouble." And then the next phone call, she goes, "It works." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's surprising how many people <coughs> think that they're they're going to need help with something. But you know, OWC supplies those videos and and uh, it, it's really not that difficult. Some of the things now, obviously, there's some upgrades that mortals probably shouldn't attempt. Changing but, the putting in the SSD was a little more complicated, but I think even most people could do that. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Yeah, apples are not as easy to upgrade as they used to be, unfortunately. Or even possible for some of them, which does bother me. Well, I do like that that particular machine, the, the iMac in that era, had just this little three screws you pull out the bottom, and the memory is like accessible right at the bottom door. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't I, continue that, other than they went with the super slim either. design, which makes no sense for a desktop. Why? Who cares if it's really slim on your desktop? You look at it from the front, you don't see how slim right. it is. Right. That's my point. It's it's not like you're trying to tuck another one behind it or something. I mean, it, it makes it 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 makes yeah, no I sense. I, I didn't get it. I'm staring at two monitors right now, uh, Dell monitors, you know, because I buy them off of the Dell outlet, which mm-hmm. is actually a really cool place to get monitors at dirt cheap. Um and they're pretty good, but I couldn't tell you how thick they are. <laughs> no, nobody cares. And here's the thing with the new IMAX. Okay, they, they keep saying how thin they are, but they take the same amount of footprint because of the the base. Yeah. So it makes no difference at all. It's it's simply an aesthetics thing with no other benefit. Zero. And here and I have I have a I have a gripe with with monitor manufacturers now. Th- this design of this big wide foot you put at the bottom, mm-hmm. which has never been necessary before, screws up my desk. I, I have other things I put on my desk. Stop it. I always they, wanted one of those pivot arms that I could mount an iMac to. Yes. But yes. I've never had a desk, A, that I think would really support that well. And B, those pivot arms are so big and heavy themselves that I don't feel like I would get much benefit. If well, anything, I'd want it on, on a wall. But then I'm, I'm limited. Yeah, but then you're limited on where you can move your desk around because if you move it and you want to put it, you got a big hole in your wall now. You got to patch <laughs> that and repaint, you know, spackle oh, the heck out of it. They remind me of the dentist office anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing as far as the equipment because there's some cool looking equipment in a dentist office. You know, those arms and all the metallic looking things. As true. long as you're not the one in the chair and they're about to work on. I want that little thing I can spit in. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, they got rid of those. They don't have the little, I used to always call them the little toilet toilet bowls, right? They don't have those. No, they suck well, them up. Well, but that's something different because uh, it wastes water, right? Mm-hmm. So they were running all the time. I don't know how we got digressed into that. Anyways, so. yeah. <laughs> got a lot of things we do want to talk about, including uh, some feedback. We're going to see if we can bring David Cohen back into the conversation again. Uh, you never know. We're going to give it a try right now. He says he's back up. And, I'm here. And he is there. How are you? Yeah, fine. Different machine? Frust- frustrated, yeah. So I'd switch computers. There's something wrong with that other one. It just froze completely twice on me. So uh, best thing to do is switch something else. There you go. Yeah. So uh, Owen was uh, talking about he's starting a new job. He'll t- tell us about it publicly next week, David. So I was wishing okay. him congratulations. Yeah, well uh, done. We do have some feedback. And again, we love feedback from everyone. If you want to send us feedback, you can reach us via Twitter. It's at uh, MyMac, and I'll share that with David and Owen. 
You can send an email to any of us. It's Tim, David, or Owen at techfanpodcast.com, or just go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a message there in the show notes, and uh, we'll talk about it here on the show. As as I say that, you know, I, I guess I should probably go and see if we actually have any feedback on the site. I don't think we do, or if we do, I already copied it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nothing recent. That's good. Lot, well, actually, we had a lot from CES and lasers, but I think we talked about all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, uh, obviously we didn't do a show last week. I was in Orlando, Florida, and then L.A. for the second half of the week before coming back. Um, but, you know, when you, it, it's brutally cold outside where I'm at right now, just freezing. Ouch. And when you go to Orlando and L.A. and you're looking at palm trees and walking around in T-shirts, I think it makes it worse when you come back to a cold environment rather than just staying yeah, in that cold environment. Yeah, we, we used to we used to winter in Florida. Um, so we'd go for a couple of weeks over Christmas and then come back to Britain. While it's not as cold as, as, as you have it, you still used to feel it when you came back. Yeah, it's it's you know, I was I was sitting literally in this uh, little courtyard in uh orlando and i was looking around i thought why don't we live here what are we doing (laughs) it's florida yeah i'm gonna piss people off in florida if i do that yeah a lot lot of people say that florida is boring um yeah all those people that were visiting all those amusement parks looked really bored to me (laughs) i don't know you know how how long how many times can you go um I remember when you, I used you to could say that with with no children. Trust me. Oh, good point. Good point. David and I, you know, I, I've got another fifteen years I would be going, and then the grandkids. So it would probably be if I lived in Orlando, where there's multiple massive giant theme yeah. parks. Yeah, I'd probably be going to each one at least once per year. So uh, it's like four or five. Okay. That's fair. Uh, the other thing I'd say is that um, those. Those resorts are huge. There's so much to see. Yeah, you can't see it in one day. Yeah, the first time I went to Disney, it was just a Magic Kingdom. And yeah, you could do that just about in one day. But now you can spend a couple of weeks easy at each of those parks and still not really feel you've seen everything. So I guess if you're local and you have an opportunity, I know they do like residence passes where you can just keep going over and over. Um, And you you love theme parks, then, then yeah, you probably would get something out of it. We have a friend who I had a friend who lived near Magic Mountain in uh, L.A. area, and he bought the. I know they had the. I don't know if Disney does the, the the yearly pass anymore, but they had one for there. And I said, "Well, why do you have a yearly pass?" He goes, "Well, last time I go over and I ride one roller coaster." Oh, that'd be kind of <laughs> neat. <laughs> you know, so he'd go ride one ride, and he'd go back the next day and ride a different ride, and he would just you know go out after work. He'd stop and go in for for forty five minutes and ride a ride and come home. He said, "I get to see it all over the whole whole summer." <laughs> You'd almost kind of feel like it was your place. Yeah, that's, that's what he said. He's like, "I don't care what time I go. I was just looking at what it costs to go into Disney World. It's not cheap. No, they are not it's now hundred bucks a day." Yeah. So yeah, I was uh, I was in Florida and I had. Uh, a lot of time, to be honest, between when I had to shop a show and when I got there. Because it's on East Coast time and I left early in the morning, I got there pretty early. So I decided to go to a restaurant that I've always wanted to. I've heard uh, good things about this place, not necessarily about the food. And uh, the, I went there twice. The food was terrible the first time. It was good the second. So, you know. Uh, but as a video gamer, I always wanted to check this out because it sounded very 80s to me. It's called Dave and Buster's. 
Do you have Dave and Buster's or anything like that in uh, the UK, we, David? We don't, but I but I've heard of it. So Owen, have, is, is, is it a bit like uh, Chuck E. Cheese? A bit like Chuck E. Cheese, yeah, but more yeah. adult flavored, if you will. They serve alcohol, um, lunch, dinner. <laughs> It's they, just like Chuck E. Cheese, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the food is supposedly of, of better quality than you'll get at Chuck E. Cheese. And they Where have video games. It? Where did you see it? Orlando. Orlando, okay. So, And it was right by the convention center where I had to spend time at anyway, so it was convenient. And the only reason I went twice, honestly, is because I met one of my oldest friends moved um, during high school, I believe. His last year of high school. So like 88, he moved down to Orlando with his mom and, uh, you know, it it was a bummer and I haven't, I've never visited him there. So since I was going to be there and I had some extra time at night, both nights, I got together with my old friend, Mark, and I asked him, where should I go? And he suggested Dave and Buster's. And I thought, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I've always wanted to check that out. So I went there at lunchtime by myself. And it's not as much fun by yourself. (laughs) You don't put quarters in machines. They give you this little card that you preload money into. And the card is yours to keep forever. And you can use it at any Dave & Buster's. Hmm. I didn't put a lot of money on the card because just by looking around at the games, I knew I wasn't going to play very many. Most of them are modern games that don't have a whole lot of replay value to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're the sit down, you're driving a Batman car and you're shooting things in the sky and it's kind of boring. Or it's those stupid ticket machines. <laughs> uh, they, love, they love those. Uh, yeah. I, They've th- made a comeback. Well, the ticket machines or the car- arcades? Yeah. Ticket machines and arcades. Well, we have a place uh, in Oakland called Plank. Yeah. It just opened and it's Plank. exactly like Dave and Buster's. It's got bowling. It's got arcade machines. It's got bocce ball outside. It's got all these different things you can do, and it's a bar and restaurant. It's very much Dave and Buster's style. Yeah. I, I know these places are making a big comeback, and I kind of like that. I just – they had one classic arcade game in there, and it was a Miss Pac-Man Galaga machine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's, there was one game that you get in, and it's completely immersive. So the screen's on the side and above and in front, and it's a jet fighter thing. I can't tell you the name of it now. And you were talking about, before we started recording, Owen, Vertigo. Well, I played this machine, and I got Vertigo big time. About halfway through, I'm going, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I'm breathing like, whew. And I got out of it, and, and you know, because it said, do you want to continue? Because I actually did really well. And I thought, no, I don't want to continue, no. <laughs> was it was it 3D or stereo? No, no, but it, it was so immersive that when it was banking, I felt like I was banking. Because your right. peripheral vision is picking up that movement, too. And what gives you vertigo is you're not actually not moving. Exactly. So I, I have a big screen TV at home, a, project, a projection system, and... Uh, we, I have an old Nintendo 64 still plugged into it because one of my favorite games on that was Mario Kart. And if you're not the person driving the cart, it makes you nauseous. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. of all the motion. But that machine gave me vertical big time. I yeah. I didn't like it. So the uh, the bowling alley near me, um, we, we went there for my um, son's birthday party last year. And... Um, 
they have arcades. They have an arcade attached to it with the ticket machines and everything. And I tell you, all the kids who came to my son's party and my li- my little daughter as well, they were crazy for the tickets. Because in the bowling alley now, you get tickets uh, depending on how well you bowl too. Oh, cool. So the thing is That's spitting neat. out tickets all the time. Uh, and I th- it, it did get me thinking. I think the reason that the ticket's so popular and also the same thing, it was populated pretty much with that type of immersive sit-down big screen game um it it did occur to me at the time that the kind of games we used to play in arcades people can play the better games than that at at home or on their phone and so (laughs) putting that on a on a on a cabinet unless you have a nostalgia kind of buying for it is probably going to be interesting to people of course the tickets gives the whole experience kind of a gamification thing and and i mean well, the tickets you know, also make you spend more money because if you can win just a few do. more tickets, you can get a better prize. But those pri- the, the prizes <laughs> they give you, yeah, are worthless. Yeah. Absolutely worthless. You can you can drop so much money to get kind of a, a you know a big gummy bear or something like that that you can buy down the store for three dollars. Yeah, they had a uh, PS one or I'm sorry, PS four and an Xbox One that you could win with tickets and. Just doing some rough estimates, I was like, I could go buy three of each for the amount yeah. of money I'd have to drop to get enough tickets to win. Now, obviously, it wouldn't be as much fun just spending the money instead of playing the games, but none of the ticketed games that I saw in there, the redemption stuff, it was interesting to me at all. The only no thing that was kind of neat, no, they didn't have any skeetball that I saw. The only thing I saw that was kind of cool, I thought, was uh, a claw machine. And the prizes were bigger than my head. I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's I, I don't another know. comeback. Oh no, that's never gone away. Yeah, that's but that's come back big time. I see them all over the place. Yeah, these car machines. Kids love them with iPods and stuff in them. No, no one ever. I've never seen anybody win. Well, no, that's because I was going to say the thing you have to remember about all these things is that the only people who really win in those things is the house. No, of course, <laughs> that's always that's always the case. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a few things that's going on in the tech world I thought it would be worth talking about. Um, and we did get some feedback. We'll, we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. But the first thing is actually a, a sad bit of news. And that's uh, the unofficial Apple weblog, Tuog, T-U-A-W, uh, oh. and Joystick is shutting down, possibly folding into Engadget. Uh, both of these, as well as Engadget, is owned by AOL. And my understanding is Tua has been underperforming for a while. I actually know a couple of writers there. Um, one in particular has told me that, yeah, their numbers are way, way down. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised. It doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me. So I, I dumped Tua out of my uh, newsreader probably about six weeks ago because I just got tired of the content. It didn't, it, it was either very fairly generic reviews that didn't really have any depth in them or it was attempts at doing commentary that but the people who were doing the commentary weren't very good um yeah. and it, it just it just wasn't a compelling read anymore so i stopped reading it two uh, uh, used to be very snarky and funny that's yeah. what kind of put them on the map when they were still part of weblogs and when aol bought them like six years ago it continued like that for a little while but it just became more corporate generic haynes white t-shirt yeah. And and the design is terrible. Oh yeah. You know, it's just like add, 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 and here's a little bit of content squeezed into the, you know, down here. It 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 it, it wasn't a pleasant experience to go to that website 
and read much. Now, there were some reviewers there that did a pretty good job, like Steve Sandy. I liked reading his reviews. They were down-to-earth, uh, personal type of reviews. I thought he did a pretty good job. But too many of them, you'd read the review and you would think, was this just a PR piece or was this yeah. an actual review? I can't tell if this person actually used this because all they talked about was the specs and what you could read on the company's advertisement for the, the product itself. It didn't feel like yeah. someone actually used that. You can normally spot those at those reviews because they will pick out um, key features that the marketing also picks out. And then you kind of know that it is a PR puff piece. I don't watch uh, these Access Hollywood type TV shows ever. But Mm -hmm. the (laughs) other day I was I got really sick the other day. I was I was up the night before sick and then I was I basically slept on the couch the whole day. But when I wasn't sleeping uh, the TV was on, and my wife came in and sat down for a while, and I, I think it was Access Hollywood or one of those horrible shows was on. Neither one of us turned the channel. <laughs> and they're doing this story, and during the story, I thought, wait a minute, this isn't a story. This is a, a news, or this is an advertisement piece. Yep. Because they said, hey, you don't have to go to these big things to get a facial, and we're going to show you alternatives. And then the piece itself was an advertisement for one product and then where to buy this is a big thing in the UK and you can buy it at Target for only $7 and then they kept throwing up these ads for I don't for Target or something Verizon something during the show and I thought this whole thing it's it's not even a show it's an ad that takes breaks to show you other ads it was absolutely (laughs) disgusting I could not believe it it I couldn't believe anybody would watch this at all. I mean, it. I was fascinated to watch it to see how bad and how low a program could sink. So, uh, Tim, there's a show. By the way, I, I work for OWC. And <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't do that. Um, it, it was so bad, I couldn't believe it. Go ahead, Owen. I think, yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's a show I used to watch on the Food Network called Unwrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually a lot of fun because they talk about they literally unwrap candy and they t- show how it's made. But it it did the same thing. It became it was obviously the people were paying to have their product shown yeah. on this on this show. So it was. It was I kind don't. Of sad. I don't mind product placements and things like you know the Hulk gets knocked over and there's a Coca Cola can sitting there. Or he crashes into a Pepsi machine. That's one thing. That's fine because those are real world items that you really could see if the Avengers were real. What I don't like is, and I've seen shows do this. There was a show that I liked, and I think it's coming into its last season. Thank God, because I, I don't even know if I'm going to continue it, to be honest. Um, the characters, one of the characters wanted to buy a car. And she literally pulls out her phone and starts showing this app how to buy her car. And it's a real app. And I'm just like, they just completely wrote a commercial in the middle of this show. Yeah. It blew me away. I was like, you know, wow. I remember um, like probably about 10, 12 years ago, the first time I really noticed this, uh, and without wanting to sound too colonial, I'm afraid this is very much an American media problem. It's starting to affect the British media as well, but um, it came from you guys, I'm afraid. Oh, um, yeah, no question. I, 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 I was watching... Um, 
uh, this, this my wife and I used to watch this TV show. It was it was about it was called Roswell, so it was about aliens in Roswell. Yeah, and the you know it was kind of young, beautiful teens turned out to be the aliens in Roswell. And I remember one time they were there was this uh, there was ep- episode and they were trying to chase something down, and so it was the usual sort of kind of rubbish you get in these these sort of shows. And halfway through this chase, they stopped and watched a uh, a concert watched a, a song being performed by Nelly Furtado or something like this. And they kind of said, oh, let's just stop here. I really love this song. And it was so obvious that it had been shoehorned in because whoever owned the network, which the show was originally transmitted on, also represented a music a music label who were pushing this particular song. And it was so jarring because it was so badly done. Yeah. Um, and and at that point, I thought, well, you know, this is a, this is a slow decline, and I, and I think this is absolutely true now. The difference is you could normally used to be able to tell when you were watching an ad, and and now they've, and and I think the the internet and social media has had something to do with this because for some reason, the advertising industry and the media channels decided that when they were doing this on sites, uh, on websites, on blogs on social media they didn't have to tell anybody uh, and th- when they realized that people kind of didn't notice then it started doing fe- that same attitude started to affect other media media types yep um you know we've heard about paler scandals in uh, on weblogs and that sort of thing before and uh, unfortunately when you're dealing with that um it's very and, and when when you're i guess for aol when you're competing with other sites who do that sort of thing and i'm not saying that they all do but obviously we know that some do some don't i guess it must be very easy to become jaded and go well we don't need to pay the writers a lot per word and we don't want long long in-depth review pieces we just want them to chew through pr and you know it's all about volume and it's not about quality and you end up with something that like like to her that, that kind of has gone so downhill to the point that nobody starts reading it anymore and then everyone goes oh what should we do we'll have to close it down yeah what do you think owen so so my wife writes about this in the in the industry she's in it turns out the I don't know if it's the FTC that has the rules or the SEC that has the rules, but where it is. But um, there's this whole thing about sponsored content, and you're legally required to say it's sponsored content. No one does. We've, you, Tim, you and I have talked about this before yeah. on the site, that uh, if someone pays you to, to write something, you are, you are obligated to say, I got to keep the product. And it's, it's in kind. It doesn't have to be cash. If they let you keep a product, you're supposed to disclose it. And um, I just got done writing because I like to keep things, you know, updated and fresh. When I'm contacting companies about product review, I clearly put in there, like the second or third line, we do not accept uh, products for review for payment. Number right, one, right? You're not going to pay us to review your product. That's first and foremost. And number two, there's an iron gate between advertising and sponsorship and content. And it has to be that way. Now, MyMac has a potential c- conflict of interest. I own MyMac.com. I also work for OWC. Well, MyMac.com has, for you know almost 20 years, reviewed their products. So how does that work? Well, I don't want... Uh, my Mac to not review those products, but I can't have anything to do with those reviews. I cannot influence the reviewer at all. I don't talk to any of our reviewers when they're reviewing a product from OWC, and it's happened twice now since I've been an actual employee. John Nemo, who doesn't work for OWC and knows and, and has very good integrity when it comes to this stuff, 
knows to keep me out of it. Yeah. The only thing I'll do is go in there and, and look for any grammatical errors that he may have missed and formatting issues. That's it. I never change the actual content. I, I, you can, I can't do it because it's a conflict of interest. And I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to sell my soul for anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, the other uh, either way. That, David, the other place I see it showing up, and I don't know about British TV yet, in the U.S., um, DVRs have caused this headache for advertisers, right? Everybody skips yeah. over the ads. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see the ads as part of the content. Well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. I don't so know if I, you missed I, that part of the conversation because I, I know you dropped out. Yeah. I, I literally saw a TV where they stopped. I'm trying to remember the name of the TV show. It's kind of bothering me that I can't remember it. Uh, it's White about a Hall. doctor who uh, who gets discredited in New York and moves to the Hamptons and starts his own private. Huh. I cannot think of the name of it. That's driving me crazy. And uh, yeah, his, his his sister or somebody on the show literally stopped to show how she can order a car using this app. And they name drop like three times, and the other characters are like, "That's amazing." But so, one of the char- one of the actors, I could tell just by looking at his eyes, he was completely disgusted with this practice. He, get, he wanted yeah. nothing to do with it, but yet, yeah. that's his job. They the, get paid, uh, and they get they get to say what goes in the script. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's 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 basically it. Now, in here in the UK, up until recently, we did not have any, even any product placement on TV. It wasn't allowed. So um, if anybody did it, and, and it was it was interesting, for instance, on a, a show like Big Brother, they they would actually have to wrap all the food and all the cans and everything in white <laughs> labels so you couldn't tell who's like whose it was because you weren't allowed to to show anybody's and if anybody even in a, a consumer discussion mentioned a brand name they would have to kind of um they'd ha- they would have to say of course you do realize other brands are available you know to make it sure make it obvious that they weren't trying to promote a particular product a- about a year ago they introduced product placement but here in the uk any TV show that has product placement in it has to put a logo on at the beginning of the show. So in the title credits, you actually get a P logo up that basically tells the viewer that you may see product placed at, uh, advertising within within the show. So at least everyone kind of has a bit more uh, awareness that, that this is this is going on. But there's been a big fuss. There's a, a big movement over here for um, uh, people who have big YouTube channels, you know, kind of young uh, you know, early, uh, late teens, early twenties, kids who have particularly YouTube, YouTube channels on uh, different topics, and they're quite—they're quite—they're almost like celebrities in the uh, in the UK's YouTube scene. Uh, and there's probably about ten or ten or fifteen of these people. They have, they have a lot of followers. They start them—they're starting to attract advertising and everything because they've got a lot of influence now. And they were recently recently admonished. Because it was the same thing. Advertisers were giving them products. They were promoting their products on their shows, and they weren't saying that this was effectively paid advertising because they were either getting the products for free and get to keep them, or alternatively, they were actually being paid. Um, and the um, uh, the the uh, re- the body responsible for that had to go to YouTube uh, and and then to all the, to some of the agents representing these people and remind them what the rules were. Wow. Um, and and the, but the thing about that, what, what always bothers me about that is the the people paying for those spots know what the rules are, and they they sh- if you're paying for something, you should make sure the person you're paying follows the rules. You should not kind of go oh with because that basically just says oh we know if we don't um, broadcast it as an advert, then it has more more stickiness, more retention. Um, David, and I think that's American, underhand. What about American TV? I mean, you get American shows, I assume some of them, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. You watch uh, something like American Idol over here, and because 
they haven't um because that's something that's say crossed over from the states which will have paid products advertising but they haven't paid in this market in the uk market so they'll actually cgi out or um or blur (laughs) things on desks because they don't want the logo to be seen so yeah you can watch a whole season of american idol and and the four judges will be sat there and i presume they have coca-cola or something um sat on the desk in front of them and it's all you can see is a blurry blob because it's been uh, and i was i always wonder how much it costs to do that (laughs) No. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so, I presume you can't automate that. You have to have somebody sit down. No, you can't automate it. Yeah, you can't automate it. Yeah, yeah you could. You, the same, the same technology that puts the 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 green line on football. Well, you don't have the same football, and puts the ads around. When you watch soccer, you know how they put the ads on the wall. That's all automated. And right. the same thing, you, you can pick this item and say track it in the. Yeah, in the, it's it, pretty amazing, David. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I I got answers to. Both the show and the product placement. The show is called Royal Pains, uh, which, yes. which I liked the show when it started, and I liked the first three seasons of it. It was kind of a uh, guilty pleasure, although I don't like that term. I liked it, so what the hell? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I did it. I did a Google search for first. I had to go to. I knew it was on USA Network, so I went there. So okay, there it is. It's Royal Pains. So then I went Royal Pains ad placement, and like the fourth yeah. one down. Is um, is a website called Brandspotters.com. Yeah. Yep. And here, here's some of the responses, the tweets. What's with all these auto trader ads in the middle of Royal Pains? Major product placement. Um, product placement, and then blah blah blah. Watching Royal Pains, which just appears to have dumped an amazingly blatant product placement, really an outright plug. Wow, the amount of Blanton product placement in Royal Pains is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's so just over so and hang, over. But wait a minute. So these things have to get paid for. So let's let's go on the other side. It, content needs to be paid for. It, 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 I know people think it's free, but someone's got to pay for it, right? And if you're going to skip all the commercials, I mean, look at the Hopper from Dish. It, it automatically skips commercials on some channels. I would I saying? would I would assume that that's more true than not, except. When you look at how much money the people in the upper echelons of these companies are making, There's realizing, that. wow, wait a minute now. Yeah, the, you know, it's USA one thing to have was- advertisement. It's another for AutoTrader to spend this much money and the network to do this. And yet, oh, look, the president of the company just got a new yacht. Hmm. I agree with you, but USA I, Network seems to be the worst of them all because I watched this show I used to like called White Collar. Yep. And white collar was was, was Ford was their big one there. That's when I stopped watching it. Ford was their big Ford, product placement. Ford got replaced by BMW. Okay, they, and and you know they every time they'd get in the car, they'd run walk out to the car. They go, oh, you got a new Beamer, and then they would like go around it like a car. They, commercial they, they did the, the same. Dash. Yeah, they yeah, did the same was, thing with Ford back in the day. That's why I stopped watching that show. The guy got in and and some girl goes, oh look, there's a reverse camera, and the guy goes. Yeah, this is the new Ford. And I was just like, oh. And I literally hit stop. I was like, I can't watch this shit no more. Did you watch Eureka? Um, yeah. So Eureka had an had an episode about this chemical that made people too hot. And the whole episode was an advertisement for degree deodorant. They even wore degree deodorant coats. You know what? I saw that. Uh, I rem- but uh, here's the difference though they did it in a way that was clever and almost tongue in cheek. 
It was, but it was such a bar. It was so blatant. It really, it really was. But they they had fun with it. You could tell that the company wasn't doing it. It was it was still the writers. They knew they had to write this in, and they did it in a way that they put it front and center, and yet made it fun. And that's kind of the trick, isn't it? And it is. that, and the, the, the difficulty is is that if this is imposed late in production. Uh, then it, you you end up with something like Royal Pains, where um, I'm just reading a couple of articles about it here, and they basically say it was so it so much uh, ruined suspension of disbelief because it was so jarringly out of character, um, yeah. and it was so you know, the, 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 you know they, it switched immediately. For, well, basically, what it did it stopped the story. Any in, in any sort of drama, if you stop the drama to do something else, then that's very jarring for the audience, and that's obviously what it what it did. Um, and that's and that that comes from somebody obviously saying at a very late stage oh by the way we need to make some numbers here um and we have this thing so uh, we are telling you on production this week you need to do this ad for this app um and we know that you've got a car-based storyline in so this app's a good fit and you can tell the deal was done without involving the writers otherwise they would have done what eureka did and tried to build it properly into the plot no nope. um, and actually do what the writers do what it what it reminds me of you remember that that movie uh, that jim carrey movie from a long time ago the truman show sure where it turns yeah. out that the guy the whole guy has spent his whole life being on a reality tv show without knowing and i remember there the wife in his 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 supposed wife the actress playing his wife in in the um in in when they were living with him she would curiously kind of advertise things that were that were supposed to be made advertised as part of the show and and she would be trying to do the same thing kind of like that 50s product placement type thing and and that was kind of satire and now here we actually have people doing it for real yeah did you see uh morgan spurlock's film yeah the greatest movie ever sold i mean that that was a great tongue-in-cheek on product placement as well well, that, the movie was about that. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even tongue-in-cheek. It, that's what it was about. Uh, but, you know, David, you said something that's interesting. And obviously, this was a topic that we weren't planning on talking about. It just kind of went down this road with a two-hour discussion. Mm. Um, but they did this in the 50s. They did this at the beginning of television. Yeah. It, it, it moved away from it. And now we're going back to it, and people are freaking out about it. So maybe we it's shouldn't freak same. out about it. It wasn't the same. The ads were done by the by the the cast as ads. Yeah, right? but it, it but it, it but it that made you breaks, suspend but... your disbelief. Yeah, I, it always used to jar with me because obviously I was brought up in the in the UK, and and as you can tell from some of the things I've said, we have the, we have a pretty different approach here, and we always have done. But you know, for many years we did not have commercial TV channels. Right. We only had state TV channels, and and they didn't have ads. And you then we had license, the commercial. Right? We pay we pay a license fee. I still pay a license fee today for the for the BBC. Then we had commercial channels come along, uh, and even then we only had two or three of them, and they didn't transmit all day, and everything was fairly well controlled. And we have some fa- fairly powerful um, standards bodies that are responsible for for commercial advertising here. So you know if they if they issue a uh, a complaint or uphold a complaint against a company then then that, that actually has some teeth they can compel adverts to be taken off the tv they can uh, cool. compel changes to be made and they can issue fines so they actually have some real power over that and that's kept the industry fairly much in control until recently where it has started to spin out of control and even if you watch the bbc now you see ads they, they advertise their other programs but the way they do it is very much the way a commercial channel will do it so you still have ads even on the on the non-commercial channels now but it's this it always used to strike me when i went to the states and i saw how different it was 
um, it, it, it was very jarring to somebody from the UK who grew up in the 80s to go to the States and hear radio announcers do uh, effectively a, a, a self-endorsed placement where, mm-hmm. where in fact, in fact, they weren't they had copy, but they were kind of reading around the copy run, directly reading the copy out. It was very, very odd to us, you know, coming from here where we, we came from this fairly regulated environment to, to hear this being done. And I, I never, you know, British people have never felt comfortable with that. I've heard complaints regularly um, from people around the world who complain about somebody like Leo Laporte shows where, where for instance, he, he will do that style of advertising in the middle of his podcasts. Well, before um, we wrap this up, no. I will say that there are podcasts out there that have a lot more advertising than we do. Uh, and some of them are more egregious than others. There's some shows that you could skip five minutes ahead because the next five minutes is going to be nothing but <laughs> advertising. And I don't think that ever, that type of advertising is, is really effective to be honest, but no. that's, you know, you, you choose to listen or not to listen. Um, I talked about around Christmas, uh, after the Christmas time, that I got uh, Sirius XM for my car. Yeah. And one of the things that I liked was it was commercial free, right? That's their big, oh, it's commercial free. You go to their website, commercial free. Most, channel. most, so, most channels. And that's yeah. I didn't know that because I'm really enjoying the Comedy Central channel, and it's chock full of ads. I'm so yep. disappointed. So anyways, let's take a quick break so we can play an ad. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit different, though. This is an ad that all the podcasts in the Stoplight Network uh, engage in. And this is simply an ad for another show in this network. This is us trying to help other podcasts grow their listeners. So if you like what you hear, check out their show at thestoplightnetwork.com. Hi, everyone. This is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big Yang Tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. (laughs) Well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. And we're back here on uh, the Tech Fan Podcast. Uh, I almost forgot which one. (laughs) No, I I knew which one. Um, (laughs) It's a different mentality when I record this show and when I record OWC Radio. It, it really, I wear two different hats when I do the two different shows. Um, and I, I don't even do it consciously. Well, maybe to some degree I do, but I don't know. It's just it's a different mentality. I'll leave it at that. Uh, one of the shows, unfortunately, you won't hear an ad for on this podcast anymore is uh, My Own Victory Garden. Um, that was a show that was uh, in the MyMac podcasting network before that grew into the Stoplight network. And he, uh, he quit the show back in the day. He just didn't have the time. He brought it back. He contacted me. He was very interested, very excited. We promoted it pretty heavily here on the show. He had some great ads. He had some Arnold Schwarzenegger sound alike. And uh, there was hmm. another one. I forget what it was now, uh, but they were really good. I liked his ads. Who was and, it? Uh, his name was Greg. Okay. And he uh, wrote me about three weeks ago. Basically, he, he hadn't updated a new episode in a while, like November. 
So I sent him an email. I said, what's going on? Because I was still playing his ads. And I had a feeling yeah. it smelled like what happened before. And yeah. sure enough, he just didn't have the time. He wanted my advice. Should he continue it? And I, I gave him the best advice I can give anybody who's even thinking about podcasting. And it's not even podcasting. It's, it's about what you do with your free time. If you're doing something that is taking your time and you're not enjoying it as much as you would be doing something else, then you shouldn't be doing that thing. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't enjoying making the podcast as much as he was other activities that he wasn't able to do as much because he was doing the podcast. I said, I'm not going to tell you to stop podcasting or continue. Just ask yourself, are you enjoying it? Or would you rather be spending the time doing something else? For me, podcasting, I, I think about it all the time. I'm in the car, I'm driving somewhere, I'm thinking about this next episode, what I want to talk about. I'm listening to another podcast, and I think I'm going to talk about that on my show as well, because that's something I'm kind of passionate about and I want to discuss. If you're not like that, then probably podcasting isn't for you, yeah. or, or gardening for that matter, or <laughs> whatever the thing is that you're spending your time. If you're not thinking about that thing when you're not doing it, then you're probably not as passionate about it as you should be. And you should find something else that you're passionate about. Because as far as we know, we only go around on this earth one time, right? One time, that's it. That's all we get. Do something you're passionate about. Do something that you enjoy doing. Because if you're not, then you're just wasting your time. And you're wasting my time and everyone else's time who's, who's giving our time to listen to your show. Okay, got to go. No. <laughs> Dave is like, you know what, guys? Uh, I was going to wait for a couple weeks. but <laughs> So there are some other things I did want to talk about. Um, and again, I, I, that topic went a whole lot longer in a whole different area than I was expecting. Um, this is something my seven-year-old, Cole, said this morning in the car. Julie and I had to do some grocery shopping after we dropped him off. <laughs> He's sitting in the back seat. Now... I've said before, <clears throat> my old iPhones are just basically glorified iPod Touches now, right? Yeah. Right. When they're at home, there are some games they can play because they're on the Wi-Fi network. They like this game called Blockheads, okay? It's kind of like a Minecraft thing, but it's different. It's kind of a rip-off of, of Minecraft, but it's been around a while now. That it's kind of established its own identity, and the kids really like it, especially Cole. He's in the back seat. He can't play Blockheads because it has to be connected to the Internet. And out of the blue, he's sitting there. We're waiting for the bus. It's dark. He's got his iPhone in his hand. And he goes, can sometime we get internet connection in this car? <laughs> Julie and I just started cracking up. We're like, wow, he's seven. Well, yeah, you know, I, I can sympathize. Um, we, uh, well, this, this, uh, this Christmas, we, we, I gave my son an iPhone 5. Uh, and one of the reasons for that was kind of for the same sort of thing so that when we're in the back of the car he can um he can get online so he can play some of the games that he likes to play that need an internet connection and so he can browse the internet but however the flip side of that course is that apart from the financial models of those game makers there's no reason for those games to have to connect to the internet and um they're kind of, maybe they're messing a trick by not having games do anything in an offline mode yeah because uh, the kids get frustrated and they don't want to play. Well, if I yeah. can't play it, forget it. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, maybe you're not able to play it very much at home. And the only opportunity you do have is a half hour ride to school or something, you know? Well, I, yeah. I remember when we went on holiday last year, we were on a cruise ship 
and uh, my son has his iPad with him, and half his games that he really enjoyed, and he had a whole week to play, he couldn't play because there was no internet connection. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing, though, I guess. Well, you, you know, the, there were times he wanted to play, and going back to what you were just saying, that's his leisure time. If that's what, how he wants to spend some of his leisure time, then uh, it's up to me to make sure that that's not all of his leisure time, which is an, an issue, I'll admit, at times, like trying to... Uh, but I, I said to somebody the other day, the great thing about giving a child an iPad or an iPhone or something is, first of all, for the times you want them quiet, they're going to be quiet. Mm. And secondly, for the times you want to, for the times you need to kind of um, put some parental law down, then you've you've got a, a heck of a lever. <laughs> you know, oh, sorry, you don't do that, then the iPad's going away. <laughs> speaking of being online or off or or gaming at all. Uh, Sega came out this week and said they're cutting hundreds of jobs in the PC market and refocusing on mobile. Sega were in the PC market? Ah, yes. News to me, but yeah. But that's still interesting, I think. Well, Kind of tells you where mobile is, doesn't it, Owen? Can you guys even hear me? No. I think my mic is going bad. No, we can't hear you at all. You can hear me now. No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I just I want to ask one question. Who do, who's your who's your phone provider? AT and T. So this is gonna sound. Strange. No, I'm not doing. I'm not setting up a hotspot so he can play why, his games in the car. Why not? Because he doesn't need to play the game that bad. Okay, you knew I was going to ask that. Oh sure, I knew what you're going to ask. I heard you when you were trying to say it earlier. But I'm I'm not setting up a hotspot just so okay. he can play a game in the car. There okay. there's a there's literally 250 other games on that iPhone he could play that doesn't require a connection to the internet. You're going to have to buy a Chevrolet then, because you heard Chevy now is going to have hot spots in their cars. Yeah, I, you know, when I first heard that, I went, what's the point? Well, there well, you go. I, me too. That, that's the point right there. Connected devices, but you still have to have a mobile. They're still going to charge you mobile data. Yep. Oh, it's going to be expensive. You, you ever, oh, yeah. You ever, uh, I don't know if you have a Chevy. You ever have OnStar? Oh, my God, is that expensive. Yeah, I've heard that they're looking at reducing that, right, because so many people... They buy a car with OnStar, they get a free complimentary one-year subscription, and then they cancel it afterwards. The same thing is happening with uh, SiriusXM. I mean, they merged for a reason, because people get new cars, they get a complimentary year, and then after that year, the subscription runs out, and they only get one station, and it's constantly with ads. Hey, if you want to subscribe. So people call, they ask how much it is, and they go, oh, no, I'm not, no, that's too much. So there is a trick on that, by the way, that you tell them you're going to cancel. Yeah, well, I know, but you shouldn't that. have but to do that. But why should you have to do that? I, it just drives me crazy that you have to play these games. Just, if you're going to sell it to somebody at that, sell it to everybody at that. So what's that link that you just posted there? Uh, there's actually a, a, a story from 2010 where Sega were explaining how big the PC gaming industry was to them. Turns out they were doing a lot of game publishing. I didn't so, get it. Um, it's in the show notes. I just dropped it into oh, the show oh, notes. Thank you. Okay. So, um, yeah, it turns out they were a big game publisher on the PC. And they and, to, and certainly four or five years ago, they were saying it was a big market for them. guess it's not anymore. You know, I was um, in, of all places, Walmart. I think it was either Walmart or Target, but I'm pretty sure it was Walmart. And I was walking through the video game computer section. I wasn't looking for anything in particular. I just... I like walking through places, stores that have electronics and games and stuff. I always try to walk through those. <clears throat> Alienware has ostensibly a PC Steam box now mm-hmm. that they're selling there, and it's like six hundred dollars. Now, 
Alienware is owned by Dell. And I thought, I, I, number one, I've never heard of this device. And number two, that's a lot of money. And if I've never heard of it, and I'm kind of big into the video game stuff, yeah, then they've done a pretty piss poor job of advertising this. <laughs> I think the thing is, people who are into gaming PCs are probably have heard of it. It's a very, it's a very niche market. Well, that's my and point. If they want this thing to become more than a niche market, they need to advertise. They need to get this out in front of people. That's the problem. The, the the problem. The advantage that most PC gamers that I've ever talked to say over consoles is, oh, you can upgrade the rigs. You can you can get very high frame rates. You can, um, you know, you can get cutting edge graphics cards. You're not bound by what the console manufacturers want. You're always got going to get the best games at the highest resolutions and everything. They're they're very spec obsessed. They spend an enormous amount of money on these machines right and so for them six hundred dollars on a pc based console probably isn't too bad um, except this thing isn't upgradable it, it's ostensibly a p it's a ostensibly a console at that point yeah so so it's a it's a bit of a punt. the worst the problem, of both the problem is that punt is based on that expectation that that pc gamers will pay pc gamer prices well now, whether whether that market is viable or not is a separate discussion but the point i was going to come to is i bought the um last year i got the uh, pc and mac version of diablo 3 and listeners to the show will remember at the time i complained fairly bitterly the fact that i could only ever play it when my machine was online yep. which kind of debased the value for me because uh, a lot of times i wanted to play play on trains or when there was in hotels or anything i couldn't get on decent online connections now uh, a couple of months back um we were buying some xbox games for my son he started playing the xbox now and i saw they had the diablo 3 for the xbox and it's it's got more levels and stuff in it's got more uh, expansion packs than the original version that i had so i i bought it, it was it was second hand <coughs> so I, I bought it cheap now i've been playing it and i've really been enjoying it and i have to say the uh, experience of playing diablo 3 on an xbox is far superior than playing on the pc or the mac just because I don't have all that Steam rubbish where you turn up Steam and it goes, oh, I've got to update the Steam client, and it downloads that. And every then, time. And then every time. <laughs> and then you go to play the game. It says, oh, I've been downloading four gigs of extra content for you in the background. And actually what <laughs> most of that is is new ads for new things in Steam or new ads for new things you can buy in the game. You don't have any of that. You just put the disc in, you play the game, you're up and running straight away. Well, and I was I was interested in this box from Alienware. So I actually reached out to Dell. So here's a member of the media reaching out to them. And I didn't reach out as part of my Mac. I did it as the tech fan podcast. And I addressed it. I went through all the contacts that I've got. I get email every day from companies sending me PR. And a lot of it is Dell. And I, 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 I reached out to the person that I found. And I knew this was the person that ran marketing for that division. And I said, hey, I saw your product at a store. I've never heard of it before. I think that our listeners on the TechFan podcast would be very interested. We talk about PC and console gaming quite often. We've got a large listener base. This is this a product placement? <laughs> no. I, and I said, we would love to, to get one of these for a 30-day eval, and so we can talk about it. <clears throat> what do you think Dell's response was? We don't no. do that. They were like, well, demand's been very high and all of our boxes are out, so we're going to have to decline. Wow. And I thought, you know what? That's fine, but you're, you're not very good at your job. 
Yeah. You know, and obviously you can't send out or an eval unit to every blogger who wants one, right? You have to have, you got to prioritize. Well, but, not right away, but I mean, over time. Because mm-hmm. you sp- you send them back. I mean, people, sure. people know here, we send that stuff back. But here's the point. I hadn't seen a review anywhere on this at any place no, that yeah. I've been to. And if, and if I'm a member of the press and I have a, a, a it would have took her five minutes to Google me and the site and saw, oh, well, they've been doing this for a very long time. They're credible. Yeah. If they would have just came back with, we'll get you one. Um, it'll probably be a couple months though, because we're just really swamped sending these out right now. Because yeah. obviously the marketing department has a, an, an allocate. Uh, there's only somebody that they could send out. Right. Yeah. So you know, that so would have been fine, but just to dismiss it? me and go, eh, we, like, we don't need you. This they product will be gone in a year. Their launch of this was um, kind of October, November last year. So they've already done their big push. Um, the review, there are a couple of reviews out there. There's not many of them. So they've obviously had a fairly limited launch, but there are reviews out there. There's, a, there's one I'm looking at here on Engadget. What's and, the name uh, of the product? It's called the Alienware Alpha. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Okay. But but the point is is that, I don't know, I'm no, no Uber marketer by any stretch of the imagination, but it seems to me that if you've, if you've done your big launch, you've you've let all the um, all the sites, the big sites you want to look have it have these have at these things already, yeah. Then the, there should be some. If you want the thing to be successful, there should be some legs in keeping its name up and out there after it's been after it's been launched. Yeah, this rather this than just you know idea. But, but maybe of, the thing's already dead internally. At, well, that is that. This is the first time I've heard about it. That's the point, yeah. Owen. That's my point. <laughs> And, I've never heard about that. You know, if you're a company making this thing, oh, well, we, we we want our reviews to happen at launch. Oh, so you don't want to sell any of these three months down the road? Are you stupid? <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense at all. Whoever Dell is uh, paying to do the marketing for this thing has done a piss-poor job, and they should go back to work at Burger King because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that I'm someone special. That's not my point. My point is if a member of the media that's been around a long time, 20 years at my Mac, what, four years here now, David? Yep. If someone like that reaches out, four plus years, reaches out and and wants to review your product, has expressed an interest, don't be dismissive of them. That's that's not to your favor. So even if even if you could, you don't want to put products in somebody's hands right now, keep a dialogue open with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Blow them off. Hey, we got a new one coming out in three months. Can I put you on the list for that one? So yeah. I'm confused. That would have been different. I'm confused. Help me on this. So Alienware is a is a game machine. Alienware was a company that made really high end laptops. Yeah, because they still laptops. sell Alienware laptops. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. they did extremely well. They were really kind of okay. building their their niche market. Uh, okay. When it came to gaming laptops, Alienware just rocked. Everyone okay. wanted Alienware, so Dell went and bought them, ah, and and it's right. and it's been going downhill. Uh, in fact, yeah. I, the company to watch next, you heard it here first, is Razer. They're going to be the next company that's really going to make a huge dent in PC gaming, and uh, they'll get bought out by uh, a soon-to-be dinosaur like Dell. No, but this right. is why I was confused because I've seen the Alienware computers. Yeah. I didn't realize they had done a game machine. Oh, that's what they're well, known this is, for. This is a this is a Steam box. So Steam right. is yeah, Steam uh, box. I just I just went. Yeah, so I, it's a Steam I box. Is effectively, 
is is effectively a compact PC that's uh, that's meant to run just Steam and that get all its games through Steam. So rather than running Windows or something like that, it runs uh, a Steam OS uh, and then and then it's a direct interface into Steam and then it runs the games. But effectively under the skin, these things are just compact PCs. So which can is I ask why... a stupid question? Why? Well, well, because if you want to, uh, let's say you're a gamer and okay. you like PC games somewhat, but you really like consoles because A, they sell a lot better. All the big games come to consoles. They don't all come to PC. Okay. And you're a PC maker, like, and you you really promote PC gaming, like, oh, I don't know, Steam, uh, <laughs> which is owned by Valve, which is a PC game maker, right. and you're doing pretty well in with Steam. You are at this point number one when it comes to distribution and a gaming platform for PC. But that gaming okay. platform on the PC is minuscule next to the consoles. You okay. want to move right. into the living room? Okay, this is yeah. the solution, or okay. at least this right. is what I they think. Okay. But, but no, having said that, yes, Steam Steambox has been. Uh, it, it was announced a big fanfare, and it's become a little bit stillborn, really. And nobody really knows what the strategy for it is. I mean, going back to what I was saying about Diablo Three, that is exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to give you the power and the flexibility of of game distribution, PC games through Steam, but with a console-like experience for people who don't want to build a high-end gaming rig. Because the problem with PC games is if you go out and you have only a, a cheap £300, $300 laptop or a, um, a cheap right. desktop that you put together yourself or that you bought down in Walmart or something like that, that's not going to run Steam games well. So the okay. idea is, is to put a box in your under your living room that can run Steam games well and you don't need to do a whole load of config, drivers, frame rate refreshes, okay. Windows updates, and all that sort of thing. So That's the idea. Have... But since they announced it, it's kind of gone nowhere, and it's late, and people don't really understand what the hell's going on. And a on lot of different it. companies so are going to make... Though, right? You guys both own console games. Sure. We do, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they're, they're, they're sub $500, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does it play yeah. any... Is there anything on this Steam that you can't play on your console? Yes. Yeah. There is. Okay. Because these things are, I'm just looking at the price. They're five ninety nine to not to a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's it's the problem. Cheap. There, there's two problems to begin with. Number one, uh, the cost of entry is way out of whack to what most gamers are going to uh, expect. Well, it's a console, and that's number one. And, and number, and remember, that's just the machine. There's no games involved. Although you can get a lot of free stuff on Steam, okay. the big stuff is not for free. Okay. Yeah. Number two. And this is the biggest problem, and this is what I think is going to doom the whole whole Steambox thing. They have like 18 different companies committed to making the Steambox machines now. No. So as a gamer, which one do you buy? Are you going on price? Are you going by brand recognition? If you're a store, which one are you going to carry? And, what, and also, what happens if you drop $600 on the Alienware Alpha, and then in two, three months' time, Dell goes, oh, you know what, this isn't really working for us. And so they drop it. You yeah. are then, you know. And I, the, the thing about the pricing, I, I, I find your uh, your um, kind of incredulity at the pricing interesting, Owen, because we've seen this play out before. Yep. Sony yeah. did this with the PS3, where they pitched, they pitched the PS3 too high, and then... Um, and Microsoft did it with the Xbox One, where it was too expensive. And what happens is, to get market traction, both of those products had to be dropped in price in order to to get to where they wanted to go right. in the market. Now, if that's the response from your hardcore fans who are desperate to pay 
play the latest games and you already have a huge installed multi-million player user base yeah and and you come up with a new product that everyone wants to play and they go oh yeah you know it looks really good but it's a little bit too pricey for me yeah that's if that's a tough sell how much tougher a sell is it to sell these things to somebody who might never have bought anything like this before and say yeah it's hundreds of dollars you're taking a huge amount of risk because uh, we might drop support for it if it doesn't do well oh and by the way you can't tell which one is the best one the whole thing is kind of ill-conceived and there's there's there, there's another that's aspect me. there's another aspect of this which is if this is supposed to appeal to the PC gamers, and we discussed this earlier, these boxes are not upgradable. So you're not going to get the best PC gaming experience. You're not going to get the best console experience because these games generally come out on the PC side or on the uh, console side first, the Xbox One and the PS4, possibly the, the Wii U, but <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> so you're not going to get the best of both worlds. You're going to get the worst of both worlds. Because now you're going to ask the PC game makers, okay, you know what? You need to, and this works for the consoles, but it doesn't work for the PC. You need to code your games for the lowest common denominator, which is going to be yeah. the lowest common Steam box out there. So if all the games then on Steam is configured for the lowest common denominator, yep. how does any one company that's making the Steam box shine? I have yeah. to laugh. I did a Google search for Steambox, and I got the Whirlpool Cabrio Platinum washing machine. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... No, anybody hear the 3DO? I mean, this is the same thing that happened with them. Yeah. It's like nobody casual. remembers history at all. It's, David, it's, I am that casual player. I, You know, I, I'm not... I don't own a console because I'm afraid of just how much time I would spend on it. And this sort of interests me because it's Steam, but I would never spend this much money on a box. I'd just get, get an old PC and stick it in there and, see, and use it for what I could. You know, I don't get this price. This, this is their issue, is that, is that as well. You've all, not only do you have to convince somebody to buy Alienware or somebody else's <laughs> box, that Steam platform's viable and the games are different enough and all of these other things as well and the fact they're not ungradable and everything, but you've also got to compete with Sony and Microsoft and their consoles. And Nintendo. So, so, and yeah, and Apple uh, iOS and the, Android. It, well, so who... What do so they the do in the... I'm why? looking at the specs. These are nothing spectacular. What makes no. this... What, what makes it Steam-ready? I mean, why is it different? For, this is a 1.8 gigahertz i5. I... You can buy a 1.8 gigahertz i5 laptop for 350 bucks. It's the idea okay, that HDMI they're marketing. Out. It's it's not. It's the idea. It's plug and play. Yeah, it's plug okay. and play. Right. It's PC right. gaming in your living room. Uh, two more things I want to discuss briefly because we're way over time here, uh, and we still need to get to our feedback. We got a little bit of that. Uh, Comcast, Owen, you'll you'll enjoy this. It now has yeah. more than half of all U.S. broadband customers. Isn't that ah. sad? It's going to run screaming from the room. Well, That's, hang on a minute. Surely that statement's now, or shortly is going to be false because broadband is being reclassified. Yeah. So it's going to have it's going to have half of internet what, 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 customers what? in the U.S., but but they won't be running broadband because they're going to go from having broadband to not overnight. Wait, wait. What's I, David? You just told me something I don't know about. So what, the FT, so the uh, the FCC has decided to reclassify what the minimum internet speeds are to be able to call it broadband, and they're Fantastic. setting it. They're setting the level at 25 megabits. So if you don't have a 20 megabit, 25 megabit download speed, then the, the suppliers can't call it broadband. Yep. 
So effectively, they have they may have half of the market, but they don't have half the broadband customers because no. half of them don't, now don't have broadband. Here, here's something: uh, Amazon. Sorry about that. Had a two hundred fourteen million dollar net income for the company's fourth <laughs> quarter financials in twenty fourteen, which was the Christmas season. I know where you're going, but <laughs> they lost two hundred forty one million dollars for the year. I love Amazon. I really do. Not the company, the the what I get out of it, and I know you do too, David. And and I'm, I do too. And, and I so do does too. Owen. We we love Amazon, but how long can a company continue to lose a quarter of a million dollars a year? Now, in, in all honesty, in 2013 they actually made a profit, but wow, they they lost almost a quarter of a they lost more than a quarter of a million dollars. And you know what? It's Amazon Prime. They still haven't figured out how to make it profitable. Well, it's not and just they that. bumped I mean, they, up the they, price too. They took a yeah. bath on. They took a bath on the phone. Yeah. Um, well, that was that was just talk about a swing and a miss. Ouch. Yeah. Well, there was a very interesting article about that. Basically, it was a it was a Jeff Bezos vanity project, and he became apparently became so involved in it. This was on the, I think it was on Fast Company. They they yeah they covered this. He's a bit, they basically he became so involved with it he kind of destroyed it with his own personal vision. Uh, and didn't really want to listen to what anyone else was saying. Uh, you know, I really hope they figure things out. Um, <clears throat> I do too. I'd it, hate to see them go away because they because oh, their stock went up after this. Are you kidding me? They're not going anywhere. I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, there's no other business that I know of that could be run this way. This. I, I wish I, don't get I wish it. I could do it. Oh, I wish I, yeah. I could lose. I wish I could lose loads of money every day and then get paid very paid well for it yeah get rewarded have somebody buy all your stock yeah <laughs> so feedback uh after uh, the last show we did you remember i was once again ranting about a uh, carbon copy cloner mm-hmm. tom schmidt uh writer at my mac wrote in and said i have to disagree with you about the carbon copy cloner thing somewhat yes there should have been a thing that said it was paid but you assumed uh even though the first part of the version number went up that was probably free. Usually when the first digit goes up, yeah, uh, there's a charge. And I said, nope, always inform the customer. Yeah. Doing and otherwise be- breeds mistrust. And he the says... The other thing is, yeah, yeah. The, other, the other thing as well with Carbon Copy Cloner is, is the full functionality in that product had been free for the whole lifetime of the product. Mm, it, you know, they have. No, not all of it. You couldn't clone, say, a folder to a volume. That that right. was an option in there that that's what I okay. wanted it for. So, so so that was but that was a that was a subset. The difference yes. is the majority of the the thing that most people wanted to do with it, which was clone one drive to another, right. had been had always been free. Yep. Um, and they whereas, crippled it. Whereas their principal competitor, Super Duper, you'd always had to pay an upgrade charge to be able to to do that. Uh, and the, that was more what made their approach slightly more sticky. In but, that, but, but, um, but, but, they, but they went they went from a completely free model to a license only model, and they didn't tell anybody. It, they just kind of downloaded the new software, and they said, "Oh yeah, no, but if you want to keep using it, you want to owe, you owe us money." And I that's I really really dislike that, David. That's the point. I don't think you care that you had to that you have to pay for it. It's you're willing to pay for new software. It's having it upgrade automatically and say, "Oh, by the way, now you owe me money." No, it wasn't even the upgrade automatically. That would be I would really rant about that. Um, I had to click buttons to go and download this. There wasn't an upgrade automatically feature for okay, this. It wasn't. My problem was, and this is my response to him, nope, always inform the customer doing otherwise breeds mistrust. 
there at no point did it tell me, oh, you're going to have to pay for this again. There's going to be I an mean. upgrade fee. That's what I mean. I, right. Yes, you have to say, please upgrade. But you don't mind paying if it says, hey, this is going to cost you. Yeah. If you press this button, it costs you. I don't mind that. It's when you click the button that says update now, and that one tells you as it's updating, oh, you have to pay for it now. Tom well, Schmidt replies to, with two apps. Right. Tom, sweet. Tom Schmidt replies to it and says, I agree, but if I recall correctly, you went from two to uh, version two to version four. No, I went from version three to four. Uh, I'd assume an upgrade fee. Uh, didn't think it was rant worthy. My response to that was, and of course, <laughs> everything is rant worthy. But the fact remains, zero notification uh, that upgrading would disable the paid-for app. That's what really bothers me. I Tom, had paid for version 3. I upgraded, yeah. during which no point was I notified that this was going to be a paid-for upgrade. And it right. disabled my paid-for, something that I right. paid for. It's gone now. Yeah, Tom so, and is it's not the fee. It's the it's, way it's it was not. Done. It's the, the notification. It's, it's the way you treat your customers, yeah. and they were better than this for years and years. This is what bothers me. Yeah. Not that alone. when I reached out, I didn't get the courtesy. And this is someone I had a relationship with. I I did an interview yeah. with him. I've communicated with him via email. I had a lackey get a hold of me and and defend the practice. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of bothers me a little bit too. Not that I'm anybody special. But I did have a relationship with them. You I helped promote special. the product. You're, you're a customer. Oh, there, well, there's that. It really, should, the real be, really should be that. But let's let's bring this full circle to where we started on the show today, um, which was which was about uh, we started talking about advertising and and allowing the customer to know what they're getting before they get it. And that whether it's advertising, whether it's new features, whether it's an upgrade price, whatever it is, it's. Let people know beforehand and let them make an informed choice. The reason that marketers don't like customers making informed choices is because they, they're scared that the informed choice will be, no, I don't want the product. And they would rather fool you to get their product in front of you than not. And and that's kind of slimy. And that's, that's one of the reasons well, the, real, the advertising real, industry has a bad name. And it's getting worse, I think. I'll give you a real world example. When I had my the car I had before this one, I'm not going to mention the car name. I took it in for a regular service, and the guy goes, "Oh, you know, there's a new update to the map. Would you like that?" I said, "Oh, okay." And then I got charged 700 bucks. Wow! Because that's what the new update costs. But he didn't say to me, "There's a 700 upgrade." He just asked me if I wanted my map upgraded. I just assumed they upgraded, so you know, they put a disc in it or something. But I wouldn't no, pay so, that. Huh? I wouldn't have paid it. I didn't pay it. I told them I didn't want it, and then they argued for a while, and then they took it back out. They actually put my old my old software back in, um, which I thought was funny because it probably cost them more to do that than just yeah. left it. But, uh, but that's the same kind of thing. I was like, well, if they had said it's a seven hundred dollar upgrade, I would said no, thank you. Look, I I don't want to assume that there's always evil intentions about this kind of stuff. I do like to assume that these companies are run by people people like you people like me people like those listening to the show right now and mistakes get made sometimes errors happen and that's fine as long as you either admit it or correct it yeah but when you don't do either and you come back at me defensively then i start losing a little bit of trust then i start feeling like something as uh tom was saying is rant worthy yeah. so what product do we use instead though well, no, you know, I paid for the upgrade. I have no problem with the software itself. I think it's brilliant I software. Kidding. I really like it. I was you know? kidding. Um, two more 
three more things and then we're out of here. Uh, Donnie Yankalo, when it, we were talking about uh, controlling YouTube and what my daughter could watch, um, yeah. he says, iOS, iOS apps for parents controlling YouTube. I use this for my son. iTube, iTube list. iTube, or I'm sorry, YouTube playlist finder. Music, cartoons, kid videos. Huh. So that's kind of cool. It's I, I like that, that it, it kind of a, a kid interface to YouTube. Because so have, this is yeah. a this is a feature I've wanted in iOS for a while, but they still won't do. And I keep I, I want everybody to tell Apple to put this in. You guys mentioned earlier you give these devices to your kids. Okay, I want to be able to lock an iPhone into an app that needs a code to get out or a touch to get out. We don't even so need I that. Can, All we need is uh, to be able to sign in a different user on an iOS device, and oh, within that user, you could just give them different access. So you have yeah. your account, and then I want to set up. Uh, I go to users and I click add a user, and then it says, you know, uh, what type of user. I I click kids or children, and then here's the list okay. of apps that I can approve. I approve those. It has to have time in it too. It has to have a time setting. Sure. As well, because a lot of parents I know want to say, okay, you can have it for an hour. But that's less important to me than yeah. just giving them access and not worrying that they're actually going to dial nine one one or yeah. delete well, you're something. Right. You're right. Or, you're right. This, I would accept uh, that as an alternative. This, this app, this app that Donnie recommended, um, it's it's not bad. It does have a timer on it, so it does restrict um, access to. Put a link a in the show notes, time. would you please? Yeah, can't I will they do. Just, the, can't they just quit out of it though? No, no. It's because it's an app. It's controlling access, and and basically what it does is it um, it provides access to playlist so what you can do is you can lock down the search function so you as, an, as, a, as a parent actually search the playlist make sure they're okay and then you can enable them for your children so obviously the, the only i guess the only downside of this is that means you've got to preview all the stuff that your kids are going to watch on youtube ideally what i'd like is something that um actually actually has a curated content which somebody else has curated that I know is going to be... No, but you're missing kids. my question, David. Can't they just yeah. hit the home button and go back to the web browser and search YouTube? Well, no, you, you, can, lock, you can lock YouTube out of the web browser on iOS. Oh. Um, Eric wrote on the show notes page about all the case stuff that we talked about in the last issue. Um, found a better case for iPhone 6 and Plus. The Naked, the <clears throat> Naked Tough by Casemate. It's clear, made of hard plastic, and covers the whole phone. Had it on my six, and now found one for my six plus. Great case so far. That's all. Thanks. So that's cool. Uh, mm. Naked case by Casemate. Never heard of it. Never looked at it. But it's uh, cool Eric says it's it's pretty cool. And Peter wrote, um, uh, he, I preference no case. I think he means prefer. <laughs> yeah. But currently use a clear thin silicone case. You still see the nice design. Uh, hardly noticeable. Two reasons. It is indeed very slippery. He means the phone, not the case. The case <laughs> adds some grip, so I'm less afraid of dropping it. And the case is just as uh, just as thick to adjust for the lens. Uh, that's the other part. He says, okay. uh, with the case, the iPhone doesn't warble warble on the table. Warble? Warble. 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 Wobble. Wobble. Yeah. wobble. Does it wobble or warble? Does it wobble? Well, we wobble. Wobbles. They don't fall down. You say, you say wobble, I say wobble. Uh, the lens design is the <laughs> biggest nonsense. I still, still can't get how Apple could release such a design failure. 
Well, I think they basically said, well, we want to make the camera better, so we need more room. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I don't I, have that phone. Does it really, only, does it really rock? Yeah. It does. It, it does. does. It has a projection on the back for the lens. But the point yeah, I've is, seen, I've seen, a, I've seen yeah. it, but I didn't know what it did. Point, on the, the, the point is, is yeah, it rocks a little bit, and and that's slightly annoying if you have the don't have the phone in the case and you put it down flat on the surface. But okay. I'll tell you when you would really appreciate when you're taking pictures. Done the things when you take a picture. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> really, agree with you. Not just pictures people. and video, man. Yeah. It's there it's are, a huge improvement. And there are more well, people taking you know. pictures of videos than they are putting the thing down on a desk without a case on site. I'll let you know when the Plus comes out, because I understand they're upping to two gigabytes of RAM, so I'm waiting for this, the next Plus. All right, guys, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. If you listen to this entire show, it's extra long for you. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on. I know, David, you had some technical issues. I know Owen had some technical issues. And uh, we, st- we still got a tech fan in the bag (laughs) see you guys next week providing nobody else is traveling I'm home so see you guys next week and uh, again we'd love feedback from you guys Uh, go to techfanpodcast.com leave feedback under the show notes or send it to either Tim David or Owen at techfanpodcast.com